Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Thursday morning. Glad to have jo- you have joined us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Did you just laugh at something? No, I had a Coffee is no throat. laughing matter. I had a tickle in my throat. and uh, It's COVID. Well, that's what I was about to say. Is nowadays you can't like just no. kind of casually scratch I, your throat with if a I get like a, or like I have like a little sniffle or something. Yeah. It's like, oh God, please God, no. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's must be over. That's what they say. <laughs> I I read our text line so many times telling me that oh, it's gonna be over. Guess that's gonna. I guess they just haven't announced it yet. Uh, but one thing they have announced is great coffee and great ice cream over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are a Keystone local business, a place that you can't visit Starkville without going to see at least one time. And of course, this holiday season, if you've got a coffee lover in your life, you need to hook them up. Shop online with Strange Brew Coffee House and get the goods delivered right to your door. Coffee, hot chocolates, mugs, all sorts of you know coffee, uh, what's the word, brewing things? I don't know what the word is. Pots. You know what I'm talking about? Where like you brew a in- coffee cup? What are you? T- no, not a mug. Not a mug. It's like the pot you brew coffee in. Coffee maker? Sure. Sure. I don't know. I don't know the answers. A brewer. That's they play in Milwaukee. Yeah. Will Salmon covers those. Hey Joel. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> Strange Brew Coffee House turning spoon ice cream this holiday. And of course. The first non-winning team he ever covered, right? Yeah. Didn't they yeah. have a below 500 record? They did. Yeah. Of course, they made the playoffs. Yeah, but still. Uh, but anyway. Another thing you can shop online, don't forget, gift cards. If you got a student here in Starville, mom and dad, get that kid a Strange Brew gift card. I've got to go brew it for it, by the way, this week. Because I found out, you may have seen this on Twitter on, I think, on Tuesday, that Alex McDaniel, there is an Alex McDaniel going to school here. So I'm going to go and put buy, buy a brew it for it for her and say, here's for the better maroon and white version of Alex McDaniel. Well, there you go. I figure she deserves that. Because she, she broke the mold. Does she know the other Alex McDaniel? Yes. She said that the other girl followed her on Instagram just sort of as a, as a gas, you know, because yeah. they had the same name. Uh-huh. And now she found out she's at Mississippi State. So I was like, you let her know there's going to be a coffee Here we go. available to her. All right. Uh, College Corner. Speaking of shopping, doing your holiday shopping, guys, the, the time is getting close. It's November the 4th. We are, you know, we are not far off from Santa Claus having to make an appearance at your house. Make sure he leaves some of that maroon and white merchandise you need. Some new t-shirts, polos, baseball caps, and of course all the stuff you need to decorate around the house. Make it a maroon and white Christmas at College Corner. Two locations that serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems, right now, the holiday season, nearing the end of the fiscal year, you can't afford to be burdened with inefficient, outdated equipment. 
You need to upgrade, and you need to do it now. Start 2021 on a fresh start. Get yourself going from day one with your friends at Advantage Business Systems. Let them put 45 years of experience to work for you. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com to find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Joel T. Woo. I didn't say Coleman. Yeah, you can't I take it back a woo. woo. No, is that, no, woos, man. I, I will not allow you to re- retract the woo. All woos are, are binding and uh, final. So, um, we got an interview later in the show with Robbie Weinstein. He uh, covers the uh, Commodores, Vanderbilt Commodores, for uh, 24-7 Sports. But first, we're going to talk about this game from this perspective. Uh, if you're listening, uh, one of our listeners, his t- hashtag or his, his username on Twitter is Dear Old State. Go ahead and get the banner ready. It's going to be a little negative podcast today. But I have to ask this question, Joel. It's not what's causing all that. What happens if it goes bad on Saturday? Mike Leach's popularity at this university, it seems to be hanging by a pretty slim thread anyway. There's a lot of angry people. Now, I know I'm taking my 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 sample size from social media and from message boards, which is not a good representation of the fan base. But I talk to people who don't do both. You know, they don't do social media. They don't do message boards. They're not happy either. Is this the biggest Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game of all time based on what it means for Mike Leach? I, I guess you have to look at it through a couple different lenses. One, if he loses, what does that really change? You know, as far as he's not getting fired, Um. And he shouldn't in year one. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that he should. That should not be under consideration in year one. Uh, So there's that. But if he loses this game, then the program is officially at its lowest point since Sylvester Croom. Unquestioned. I mean, there's no if, ands, buts. Maybe they're already anyway. Would you say that it is right now? I mean... Maybe not, because I mean, if you win this one and win a couple more, you can kind of salvage the season a little bit. Right, but we're talking about where we are in the season. There was never a point in Mullen's tenure where you were just like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Last year after Auburn and Tennessee was up there, but you had already beaten, well, you already had three wins at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If a loss and, to Vanderbilt would be the lowest point since probably... The two thousand, the two thousand eight egg yeah, bowl. Yeah, twenty thirteen, it got kind of low there for a minute when it was four and six, and and state narrowly squeaked by Bowling Green, if my memory serves yeah. correct. But, but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I don't know that people are going to care anymore at all. That's that's what I'm talking about right there, is apathy. Yes, it will set in big time because, and and part of that is because. Not only do you lose, you lose and it means nothing because there is no change coming. And again, I don't think there should be because you got to give him time. You got to see if there's improvement. You got to get year two. And and what have we said on the show? He's getting three years minimum. Minimum. So that's why the apathy sets in is because it's like, oh no, we suck. And what if this doesn't work? We're just going to continue to suck kind of thing. Right. And so that's the that's where you kind of run into the issue. Um, 
in the big picture, do I think if they lose that it means all that much? Probably not. It just means they're continuing to struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. I don't... You know, if they lose, it's terrible. One of the most terrible losses in Mississippi State history, probably. Um, but, big picture, I don't know that losing Saturday impacts whether or not Mike Leach can figure it out. You know? Right. But well, the perception, which, yeah. as we say all the time, is reality, is that State's in the cellar and they may not dig out with Leach. Right. That's going to be the perception until he does something to, to change it which in all likelihood will not happen this year. You know, if you lose to Vanderbilt, logistically, statistically, whatever word you want to use, you have to predict 1-9 and nine at that point. Yeah, yeah. And going 1-9... and nine, With a win over LSU. <laughs> with a win over the defending national champions in their home. The weirdest one that I... What do you call that? You know, you had Tekken 10 in 1988. What, what are we calling this? What starts with N? I don't know. i got to think of something. If only LSU was based in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the perception you're going to have an off season of misery. It's going to be rough, especially when you have Ole Miss, who you know is going to have beaten you at that point, and we'll have the Egg Bowl trophy, and we'll have the perception. Of, they'll their perception will be up and coming, moving yeah. on up. You know. You know, maybe get lucky and Texas fires Tom Herman and they call Lane Kiffin. I don't know. I mean, he's going to, he's, Lane Kiffin is a guy who I think we can all, even the most diehard Ole Miss fan can agree. Maybe not the most diehard, but that, it, you know, when the right job comes, he's going to leave Oxford. Yeah. Whereas with Leach, A, I don't know that there, there is a right job for him, but he's not been a coach who's done a lot of jumping around or looked to. So for me, this game on Saturday, and the other the other thing that sucks about this game is there's really no positive upside. Even if you win forty eight to nothing, it's gonna be like, well, okay, I'm glad the offense is going, but that's what should happen against Vanderbilt. Nobody's gonna take away a positive from this game. No, I mean this is that when you have a good team and you play a crappy non conference team, it's that feeling. Like it's almost a no win scenario. You go in and you either. Beat them forty-eight nothing, like you said, like you should, and every other result is trash. You know, if it's yeah. a close win, it's that that's not good. And of course, if it's a loss in any way, um, close or otherwise, that's not good. So yeah, it almost feels like nothing can happen on Saturday. Yeah. I don't know if they went out there and won forty-eight to nothing, forty-nine okay. to nothing. Aren't you at least saying okay? Well. They hadn't proved. I mean, they hadn't shown think, any offensive life at all. I think so you and I would be saying that. I don't know about MSU fans. I think there would be a lot. I think there's a big grain of salt right now. It's, it's you know, after four weeks of crap, people are going to be slow to give any kind of credit. Now you go out and you beat Auburn the next week. Sure, people jump back on board. But beating Vanderbilt. I mean, remember we talked the other day about uh, about they didn't quit. Yeah. So your baseline expect. This is the baseline expectation. You got to be able to beat Vanderbilt. I don't know how much positives you can take from really. Doing well, this. I, I guess the positive would be to realistically feel like you're going to move the ball against Auburn. They need to see themselves move the ball against Vanderbilt. I agree with that. And, and so that's where I think you can you can take something from this. If it's forty-eight nothing, and you're tempted to say, "Well, that don't mean nothing. It was Vanderbilt." Well, you're right, but. 
two things. One thing you mentioned the other day, Texas A&M only scored 17 on Vandy. So if you go out there and score 35, 40, whatever, you feel a good from that angle a little bit. But also, uh, what do they say in basketball? You know, shoot or shoot. If you're, yeah. if you're on a slump, just keep shooting. Yeah. There's something to seeing the ball go through the through the hoop. And for Mississippi State right now offensively, I think there would be something to just seeing the ball advance down the field and pass the goal line. Mm-hmm. You just finally get back in that right. groove of, right. oh, no, I agree with that. Oh, we can do this. So, am I okay? Here's what I'm saying then, I guess. The team can take positives. Can the fans? The coaches will take positives. The media will take positives. Will the fans take positives? If it's incredibly decisive, I think at least a smidgen. Yes. Okay. But if it's a close win or anything lower than that, a close win or a loss and close or big. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be monitoring the 24-7 or six-pack peak or any six kind of message board peak. because yeah. they're going to be burning down. Well, they're either going to be burning down or they're going to be just crickets because nobody will care say, I, I can't deal with this anymore. It's It'll probably to... burn down on the day of and yeah. then a week after nobody's talking because they don't care anymore. Exactly. That's bad news for us, too. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, all, it's one of those deals where, you know, if you deal with marriage counseling type stuff, they tell you it's when it's really bad is when you don't even talk. You know, arguing's one thing. It means you care. Yeah. You know, not talking Once means you, yeah, you no longer give over. a crap. It's over. And so, so yeah. yeah. And so, state, state's close to that, at least for this season. If, if they lose, they're there. Yeah. And it's because of the way they're losing. And we've talked about this before. If you're losing like Ole Miss is losing, you, you, you can draw enthusiasm, right? But nobody's going to come out and watch a team that scores three touchdowns in four games. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just not going to waste, you know. At its core, I understand that everybody has a deep passion for Mississippi State. And they love Mississippi State, and they want it to succeed. But at the end of the day, this is entertainment. Oh yeah. And if you're you've got to spend money, and you're not entertained, I mean, if you're an Ole Miss fan, it sucked to lose to Alabama, but you were entertained. That was an entertaining football game, going back and forth, up and down the field. Yeah. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you went to Kentucky. I mean, <laughs> you feel awful. You wasted money. You wasted your time. So, <laughs> that, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, so that's yeah, that's sort of where that that's going uh, for Mississippi State. I say all that to say this, and tomorrow obviously is our preview show. I don't think State's going to lose. Nor do I. But if it does happen, well, I hope you'll continue to listen. We'll try to make it entertaining as much as we can. If State loses, man, it's going to be like 10-7. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be an incredibly boring, low-scoring game. Because they're not losing like 35-34. Right, yeah. Vanderbilt they're not giving up 35 that. points. And Vandy can't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, if they lose, it's going to be one of the ugliest games ever. Some men just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> Five to four. Oh, God, stop talking like that. <laughs> you said something. Somebody said something the other day. It was you said it, and somebody pointed it out to me, and I was just like, oh, no, no. I, I, I remember a friend of mine told me this. They were, we were talking about piped-in crowd noise. Yeah. And you didn't say this. They said it, and I said it'll make Joel's eyeball twitch. We'll see if it happens. Like, what if we get to baseball? Will they pipe in the whistle? Uh, he's shaking his head. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if they piped that in at Vanderbilt? I mean, Vanderbilt fans may bust the speaker. I would throw a baseball up. If I was a player, I'd be like, I got to get I gotta get this out of here. I can't deal with that. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that. That I guess because we're talking about Vanderbilt. But. Anyway, let's move on into our interview for today. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome 
home beef. I'm going to hit up welcome home beef this week. I think I'm going to do some Mexican this weekend. Ooh. Get some skirt steak and make some tacos. Ooh. And I've been talking about that smoked queso for a while. We're going to try to make that happen. You a soft shell or hard shell guy? All right, let's have pl- this pl- Please say soft. Let's have this discussion okay. real quick. Hard shell tacos are not tacos. Thank you. Okay? okay. We're on the same page. That's what kids eat. All right? If you want something whole crispy, get nachos. All right? A real taco is a soft shell. We, we're completely You go to Mexico, ain't nobody handing you a hard shell taco. Get out. Yes. So, I'm do some some tacos, a little smoked queso. That'll be a good... good. You know. But I'm going to hit Welcome Home Beef to do it, because that's where I'm going to get my skirt steak from, because I know it's the best I can buy in the city of Starkville and maybe in the state of Mississippi. So many locations. Now, we talked to you about Piggly Wiggly down there in Collinsville, Hattiesburg. You can just head it over to uh, Cotton Blues and, uh, and then jump right in and get up some Welcome Home Beef from them. But you can just get it shipped to your door. Call them today, 662-268-8148, or visit them at welcomehomebeef.com and find out what they can bring to your doorstep. There's no question about it. In this holiday season, nothing will a show-stopping event right alongside the turkey, a whole prime rib or a whole beef tenderloin. That's the way to go with Welcome Home Beef this holiday season. Whatever's going on, one thing's for sure. It just tastes good. You know you were thinking about something. You got something yeah, to I, I was about to ask you, how do you even eat successfully a hard shell taco you don't it gets everywhere that's why you see nachos yeah I, I, like in my in my lifetime if mm-hmm. you give me a hard shell taco yeah. i'm just gonna like crumble the whole thing up yeah. and just sit it's there and eat it, eat it with a fork it's or spoon kids. or something no, don't don't yeah. hard shell tacos are not real tacos yeah i appreciate this my last co-host was not on this train with me no which, I, I, i'm completely with you which here. is weird because he wanted to open a taco restaurant I can make you imagine opening a high-end taco restaurant and have hard shell and have hard shell tacos. I would leave. All right, let's get into our interview. Robbie Weinstein. He covers the uh, Commodores for twenty-four-seven Sports. He joins me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. So joining us now, Robbie Weinstein from twenty-four-seven Sports, covering the the Commodores up there. I think the most surprising thing about Vanderbilt is this. You know, offensively, they, they haven't been good. In my life, <laughs> to be totally honest, outside of maybe the Franklin days. But this team is not great defensively, and they're not good defensively. With Derek Mason and his reputation, that's what I find surprising. Why isn't this team better defensively? Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, I thought they could be, you know, approaching an average SEC defense. And, uh, you know, they did look really good against Texas A&M. So I think it's a combination of a few things. Certainly part of it has been the, like, COVID issues and injuries. Uh, The defense got hit really hard by various absences over the, um, you know, the last three games. So that was uh, LSU, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. You know, they got most of their guys back for Ole Miss after a number of guys were out for South Carolina. They were down to, like, they were playing true freshmen, uh, at safety, who were just never would have played this year in a normal season, they would have redshirted. Just kind of run of the mill three star guys who could end up being good players, but you would never expect them to get thrown into an SEC game. So I, I think that has been an issue. But at the same time, even the more experienced defensive backs uh, have not been very successful this season, both in coverage and missing tackles has also been a really big issue. So I, I don't really know. You know, the reason for that, I, I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I don't know if it's, you know, they just missed on some guys. I think the defensive line uh, overall has been pretty solid and has good upside. They've got some good depth. 
And then, uh, you know, linebacker, there have been guys who have, who have been in and out of the lineup. I think that unit, especially the inside linebackers, have some potential. But uh, there's no doubt they've been hit pretty hard by uh, guys being in and out of the lineup. And, uh, you know, in a weird season like this, I don't know how much better that's going to get the rest of the way. So, you know, five weeks ago, you know, Vanderbilt secondary being like that, I would have I would have said, well, it's probably going to be a really long day for the Commodores. But with the way State has played these past few weeks, you know, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. How are they, how are they going to match up with this air raid offense? It's an interesting question because it's not like, you know, I mean, Mississippi State got shut out last week. Obviously, yeah. that's a much better opponent in Alabama. Uh, Vanderbilt, I think, is... You know, I don't think this is a great matchup for their secondary. Their corners have been playing pretty far off the line of scrimmage and giving a lot of cushion, and I'm just not sure that that's a recipe for success against Mississippi State if they continue to do that. Uh, and, you know, you, you would assume that the reason these guys are playing, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 yards back off the line of scrimmage is that they're potentially going to get beat deep if they do play up on the line of scrimmage, or at least that's what the, the staff thinks. So, you know, they're going to have to get better safety play, I think, in order to make up for the issues at cornerback. And, uh, you know, one of their starting safeties, Donovan Kaufman, who's a true freshman and a really good player, he's out for the season. So they're just they're really running low on defensive backs that can, you know, play at a decent level in the SEC. And for that reason, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think it's a great matchup against Mississippi State. For them, I, I had some similar concerns against Ole Miss last week, and look what happened. Offensively, you know, Seals has been pretty good as a true freshman. Uh, I think you, you know there's some promise there with him, but they haven't been able to run the ball very effectively this year. That's not what you, again, what you would expect from Vanderbilt with the success they've had in the past few years with Ralph Webb and Keyshawn Vaughn. Can this you know, Mississippi State's been pretty good against the run this this year? Uh, is that going to be a situation where State can make Vanderbilt one dimensional? Well, I, I, I know that Vanderbilt's yards per carry numbers don't look very good, but I actually think they have been pretty successful running the ball this year. Okay. Just in that, um, I, it's, the offensive line has been better run blocking than pass blocking. The offensive line is basically a total patchwork unit after you know a, a starter from last year transferred and then four guys who were going to be rotational guys opted out before the season. So they've really struggled in pass protection, but the very few chunk plays that they've been able to have on offense, especially with JV on Marlowe at running back, like it has come in the run game. The thing is, Marlowe is suspended right now for a violation of team rules. So Keon Henry Brooks is, is the starting running back right now. He's a good player. Uh, he didn't have a lot of success last week, uh, you know, just in terms of like a yards per carry perspective. But, you know, so I, I actually would expect them to run the ball decently well this week. I think the thing is, the passing game, it's just not, they, they don't have the offensive line to really protect Seals very well at this point. So, you know, that's an easy thing to plan for if you're Mississippi State, I would say, is you know they're going to want to get the ball out quickly, and I think you can prepare for that. So, yeah, I, Vanderbilt to only score 21 points on Mississippi State, yeah, they moved the ball a decent amount, or not on Mississippi, Mississippi State, on Ole Miss, they moved the ball a decent amount, but... I think it shows the limitations of the offense that against maybe the worst defense in the SEC, they were only able to put up 21 points. So there's there's a lot of opportunities for Mississippi State, I think, this week. When I saw the line for this game, I mean, I'll be honest with you, covering Mississippi State and seeing the way they've been playing offensively, I saw 16.5 points. I think it's up to 18, 19 now. 
Yeah, I, I was yeah. surprised. I was surprised because I don't know. You know, I, I I didn't. It doesn't make sense to me the way State's playing that, that that you can make them that big of a favorite. You've seen Vanderbilt play more than I have, obviously. I don't know how much you've seen Mississippi State, but does that line seem right to you? Yeah, it, that's an interesting one because, uh, as you said, Mississippi State just hasn't looked good recently. I, I think right now you have to assume that Vanderbilt is, is going to be blown out in every SEC game until they prove otherwise. So, yeah, I think the line is right. Um, could they could they cover? Yeah, I think there's a decent shot that they could cover because I think if you look at the roster, even with the, the losses, I don't think the roster is that awful. I don't think it's a historically awful roster. Uh, it, it's not a good roster. There, there's no doubt that by SEC standards, you would project this team to be at the bottom of the league. But I, I think you know, with with guys being in and out, and there's so much conversation about uh, Derek Mason's future. I think there's a lot going on there uh, that has probably contributed to the poor performance so far. I, I think until they turn it around and like really show it on the field. That, that Texas A&M game feels like a really long time ago. And, and so until that point, I, I wouldn't buy Vanderbilt as probably, you know, being in that 10-point underdog range or really being, you know, in a in position to win an SEC game until they kind of show that they can play a close game again because the last three games have been total destruction. What's the game plan for Vanderbilt to come into Starkville and get out with a win? Well, offensively, like, like always, they're going to try to get the ball out quickly when, when they do pass the ball. I imagine they'll try to uh, establish the run game early, probably. Yeah, defense is going to be interesting because uh, they, you know, like what are, they gonna, what are they going to do? Ideally, you would try to get pressure on the quarterback to try to disrupt the passing game, but I think Mississippi State is so good at the quick hitters, uh, you know, in Vanderbilt. Like I said, their corners play off the line of scrimmage. I, I just don't really have an answer for what they're going to do defensively. But I, I do think, you know, maybe like using up a lot of clock would be something that Vanderbilt will look at uh, and, and try to pound the ball in the run game. I mean, if they don't control the clock, I, I don't know, you know, how they stay in the game barring forcing a bunch of turnovers. So that would be the other thing is they're going to have to be opportunistic on defense. I know Mississippi State does, you know, throw some picks. So that will be something that, you know, hopefully Vanderbilt, from their perspective, will will try to take advantage of. And just, you know, when they when there's a play to be made, they have to make it. I think, for instance, if there's an interceptable pass, you can't be dropping interceptions this week. And then, yeah, I guess sort of a big picture question to wrap us up here with Vanderbilt, because there's so much talk about the statements that have come from the athletic department and how they want to they want to run things up there. Uh, a winless season is Derek Mason in a lot of trouble, even in this COVID year. Well, I mean, you know, from a logical perspective, I think so, because they went 3-9 and nine last year, so at the SEC level, what coach wouldn't be in trouble if you go 3-19 and 19 in your last 22 games? Fair. It would actually be 3-20 and 20 in his last 23 games because they lost the, the bowl game uh, in uh, 2018. So, uh, you know, at, at some point, the results are the results, and... Uh, Certainly in recruiting, other schools have been hammering Vanderbilt's targets with, hey, Mason's going to get fired, Mason's going to get fired. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I'm sure they haven't made a decision. There's a lot of way, you know, there's a, there's a lot of time left in the season. There's a lot of ways that things can go from here. 
But, yeah, I mean, if they go 0-10, that record is just so ugly that, uh, you know, I, I think from a logical perspective and looking back at it historically, when does a coach ever survive after consecutive seasons like 2019 and 2020 would be if they do go 0-10? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I feel like when when coaches want when they need to be fired, somebody always finds a way to, to come up with the money, and it's, it's never really a problem. Right. So we'll see what happens Saturday. Big game for both teams. You know, looking for a, for a much needed win uh, in start. Well, Robbie Weinstein, appreciate you joining me, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. Well, Joel, we've done two interviews with two different Vanderbilt people this year. We did we had Adam Sparks join us from the Nashville Tennessean this summer, and we now we've had Robbie Dollar General Joel T. <laughs> I'm just kidding. just kidding, Adam. If you're listening, I'm probably boy. I'm if probably, he's listening, I'll be surprised. I'm probably Dollar General Adam Sparks, but well, I mean, you, you all should brawl to see who gets the title. <laughs> um, but that said, neither one of them too high on the Commodores, and, and you heard there a lot of issues uh, with uh, with Vanderbilt injuries, COVID, and then just an overall lack of talent. This is as bad a Vanderbilt team as I can remember, uh, in the especially in the post Franklin era. Uh, you maybe have to go back to like Bobby Johnson or Robbie Caldwell to find a team this this bad, and that's why when you look at this team, Joel, and we look at Mississippi State, it, it's must win. It is absolutely a must win, and it's 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 not a situation any of us ever could have dreamed of uh, prior to the start of this season. No, no. But the the good news is, like like you and I have said, I think they will win. And then if you do win, and you win kind of convincingly, and you start to feel good about yourself, you look at that schedule coming up. And there's something about just you know, putting that W up. You put that W up, and then all of a sudden, you just the next game feels a little better. Um, you feel like you, you've started to build something. So I'm not saying the state's going to win this one, and then beat Auburn, but the state's just in a spot right now where it feels like mentally uh, you've got to hang a W so that maybe the, you know the dam will break, so to speak, and. Just start feeling good about themselves, and maybe the rest of the year can be somewhat successful. But yeah, man, if they lose this game, whew, it's not going to be. It's not going to be fun for anybody. It's not going to be fun for the media to cover. It's not going to be fun for for uh, you all to watch. And I guess that's kind of the point. I don't know if you even will watch. So, but for us all, for all of our sakes, yeah, maybe, maybe they can win one at the end of the day. And we're going to talk about this a lot more tomorrow. Uh, State's probably going to win this game. I feel like it's a it's an almost certainty, and the reason I'll tell I'll tell you why I feel that Vegas Vegas is unemotional. They don't look at this game from the MSU fans. Oh, what are you talking about? We're so terrible, and we throw interceptions all the time. Vegas is just looking at at, at the most important stuff. Yeah. And what line did they come up with? Sixteen and a half. That tells you what they think of Vanderbilt. Stayed as bad as they've played the last four weeks. They still think uh, MSU is a two touchdowns and a field goal better than Vanderbilt. So. There you go. Hey, I got it. Yeah. Maybe, no, I don't. That's not good. I was thinking something in nine. Oh. I was going to say, like, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It's just national champs in nine, but that doesn't, doesn't really on. work. No. Guys, Nat- I put it to you. Natty in nine? No. You no. don't like Natty. I don't like that. Guys, come up with a, a, a term for what we're going to call this if it, if it goes bad. Let's, I'll tell you what. Let's wait until after Saturday. Yeah. Let's, well, let's, let's do not that. tempt fate on that. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. We'll be back with you on Friday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.